continue to do that for the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 You know, Psalms 100 says, make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It's he who made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks unto him and bless his name. For the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever and his faithfulness to all generations. That's why we do what we do when we come into the house of God. We enter with thanksgiving. We enter with praise. We enter with worship. We enter singing. And we are just thankful to the Lord because, as Pastor said a while ago, God is good. It says it right here. Know that the Lord, He is God. He's a good God, for the Lord is good. If you know the Lord is good, let's practice this Scripture one more time. Let's give Him praise. Let's give Him adoration. Let's give Him thanksgiving. If you know that He is God, praise Him as God today. He is our God. He is a great God. We bless your name, Lord Jesus Christ. We bless your name, Lord Jesus. Praise God. Amen. I'm going to go to Romans chapter 8 in just a moment. Romans chapter 8 in just a moment. But I give honor to all of you today. God bless you so much. Thank you for coming. Thank you for being here. We just, we've just had a time. I did anyway. I've enjoyed myself. Thursday night, Friday night, I mean Friday night, <laughs> trying to make Pastor feel good. Friday and Saturday, last night, we just had a great time. I, and I've been trying to figure this out. I mean, I have never done this. I either preached the Duracell dead or they cut me off up there. I, was, I thought about that. I was feeling guilty last night for, for, for running the rabbit out of breath, preaching the the, the, the battery dead. I, he, just, he didn't keep going and going with me. I killed him last night. But then I got to thinking, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Who was ever up there in the dark dungeon of the cave up there hiding behind that apple? Might have cut me off. So I just don't know. That was Here's my sign. My sign was either the battery went dead so it shut up or the guy in the sound booth cut me off that shut up. So I didn't take a hint. I just grabbed so it didn't do you no good up there, brother, to cut me off. He's not even looking at me. See, he, his wife says he don't listen anyway, and I'm, believe, I'm beginning to believe her now. He's not listening. Anyway, never mind, never mind. I'm just joking with you up there. If you cut me off now. Well, I thought Rebecca was going to sing, but I guess I should have asked. I sh- next time I need to ask, huh? Is it too late? Preach? Okay, she don't want to. I'm not going to put her on the spot. Or I thought my friend, my best friend, where's my best friend? Has anybody seen my best, best friend? Where is my best, best friend? I thought she was going to sing. Okay, Jay, she's not going to sing. She's my best, best friend. I was in, we were best friends. See, I, we were friends, and then we were best friends. But last night she informed me we're not best friends. We're best, best friends. So... She will always have my back, and I will always have her back. Romans chapter 8, 
again, I give honor to, to this house, to the pastor of this house, and the first lady. You have a beautiful, let me say beautiful, I was trying to say beautiful pastor, but I better go with beautiful pastor's wife. But you got a pretty good looking pastor there too. Let's give them a great big cheer. Let's give them a great big cheer. I love Pastor and Sister Pruitt. Love them very much. Great, we've become great friends over the years, and uh, I, I just love Sister Pruitt. I'm I'm her guardian angel, and that's what we. That's just between us. Don't tell nobody else that. That's just between us. But we like to talk and and chat and Facebook and all of that stuff. Hush. Huh? That's right. So I'm telling the truth. I might not tell the truth any other time, but I'm telling the truth right now. I'm just messing. But I love Sister Pruitt. I love your spirit and love your heart. And I thank God for y'all an opportunity to come here and be here. Amen. I love all of y'all, but I probably wouldn't even be here if it wasn't for her. So anyway, I'm just teasing y'all, teasing y'all, teasing y'all. I love you, Pastor. Romans chapter 8. I love this church. Thank God for you. Thank you for letting me ramble on a little bit. Y'all are such sweet, kind people. Let's jump into the word one more time and, and let's finish up here. And with, with what God wants to talk to us about. Is that all right? Romans chapter 8, verse 6. I'm just going to read one and let you be seated, and then we'll talk more about it. Romans 8, 6. Are you there? Say amen. amen. For to be carnally minded is what? But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. The New American Standard Bible says it like this. The mind set on the flesh. The mind set on the flesh is death, but the mind set on the spirit, the Holy Spirit, is life and peace. Look at three people and say, guard your mind, guard your mind, guard your mind. Or you could say, guard your attitude, protect your attitude. Because our attitude is our mind. It's our thinking. It's our mentality. Amen. Father, we love you and we thank you, Lord God, for this day you've blessed us with. This is the day that you have made. We do rejoice. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Thank you for waking us up this morning, giving us life, giving us peace, giving us health. You are a great God. And we're here to praise you and we're here to love you and we're here to serve you. Let your word go forth today unhindered. Let us help us to mix our faith with your word this morning so that your word will become profitable to us. Remove every distraction, Father. Get our attention today. Talk to us today. We love you and we praise you. We humble ourselves before you in Jesus' name. And the church said amen. amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Give the Lord a great big clap as you're going down to your seat. Amen. What did you say, sister? There is what, you, what word did you use? Cap, capitation. That is awesome. I love that. I'm going to preach that sometime. There is no capitation to God. The only capitation to 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 God is what we put on Him. But to Him, there is no capitation, and there is no capitation to you. The only capitation on you is what you put on you. God is not limiting you in his, through him you are limitless. Anything is possible with God. All things are possible with God. We've already talked about those things. Amen. We're going to dig into those a little bit more. We'll just take our time a little bit, but I will not preach the battery dead today. Amen. And pastor said it a while ago and it stirred me a little bit. It stirred my, 
my own spirit, and it stirred myself a little bit. It kind of got me thinking a little bit uh, about my own self. He said, we are, we are salt and we're light. We're not called out of the world uh, just to have chill bumps and all those things and, and, just, and to do nothing. We're sent back into the world to be effective, to make a difference. And I got to thinking about that. I thought, man, if I, if I as an apostolic preacher, if I am not effective, I'm not worth a flip. If I'm not effective in what I'm doing in my calling and in my ministry, then I am just, I'm not worth a flip. Don't, I, I'm, I'm just wasting my time if I'm not effective. Amen. And, and so, so I saw, my mind just started running there. I said, what about an apostolic church that's not effective? What, are, they, are, we, are we worth anything if we're not effective? An apostolic youth group that's not powerful and on fire and effective for God ain't worth much. That's tight, but it's right. Who I think it was that brother over there I said last night. That's tight, but it's right. Amen. That's the truth. We've been we just been kind of jumping in. We haven't been tiptoeing through the tulips in this revival. I I don't know if y'all if y'all tracking with me on that, but we have not been tiptoeing through the tulip. We just jumped right on in the deep end and getting down where it's real with us because the world ain't playing games and the devil's not playing games and and we got to quit playing childish games as a church and get down to where it's real. And we got to get real. And we've got to be real. We serve a real God that wants to do some real stuff, and we've got to get real. The, the Bible t- teaches us that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They are, they're not weapons of flesh and blood, the Bible says. They're not weapons of flesh and blood. And, you know, we go through all these. And the reason, uh, so, so we, we haven't tiptoed through the tulips thus far, so you don't want to do it this morning, right? Let's just jump in. Let's just do it. Let's just get real. Let's just be real. We took care of some business last night. We took care of some business last night. There was a deep move of the Holy Ghost here, a deep move of the Spirit here last night. And when we got through with the Word, we, we obeyed the Word. We put the Word into action last night. We did what the Bible, we exercised our gifts and we exercised our faith. And we exercised what God has put in us last night. We did that. And we took authority and dominion as this church last night over some spirits in this area that's been dominating this church and dominating some people in this church. And we began to see some gifts in some people come alive. We had some visitors here last night. And the gifts that God had put in their life came alive last night. And they began to minister. Different people began to minister to one another and feel a burden and go pray for somebody. And the Holy Ghost was just moving in here. That's what we need. Playing church is over with and just going through the motions is over with amen now now don't take this wrong because because i know the the true meaning of what we call children's church is when the kids go out and they do their stuff but we've been having children's church in the main sanctuary for years now we got to stop having children's church in the main sanctuary Woo, I'm gonna just, it's on my last night. Listen to my life. But listen, I know, I know church, I know some churches uh, whose children's church out there is more, with them little bitty kids, uh, is more powerful than their children's church uh, that they have in here in the sanctuary with adults. Because adults, is, uh, our attitudes are messed up upside down. We got these hurt feelings and we got a little anger, we got a little bitterness, we got our, we got a chip on our shoulder and, uh, Preacher didn't speak to us, didn't shake our hand, you know. He kind of stepped on my toes last week, and he's lucky I'm even here today, and uh, all those things. So we got to weed through all those things. Whoo! 
My God. You know, some of my favorite revivals are youth revivals and, and millennial revivals and even children. I, and I preach all those things because, man, I can get with them and they can get with me. And I don't have to dig through and weed through all of that carnal stuff that I have to deal with. with. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They are not weapons of flesh and blood. And see, we are in our ignorance, not our stupidity, but our ignorance. There's a difference in being stupid and being ignorant. We're not stupid people. We are very smart, gifted, and tal uh, talented people and educated people. Some of us in here have degrees. Some of you in here are very smart and very talented. But there's a difference in being smart and being ignorant. Ignorant is just simply you don't know something. You don't know something about something or you don't understand something. Our ignorance of spiritual things is killing us as the apostolic church. And you see that in things that we do because we think that our what the weapons of our warfare we think are carnal weapons. So, so we come together and we do things like, all right, everybody, we're going to stomp on the devil's head. So we do that stomp thing. All right, everybody, double up your fist. We're going to punch the devil in the mouth. And so we do that thing. And we that makes us feel like we're really doing something. And that makes us feel like we're really accomplishing something. We're not doing anything. And we're not accomplishing anything. You're not stomping on the devil's head because your weapons are not carnal. This isn't doing anything to him. You're not pitting him with your fist because your weapons are not carnal. We're, we're stirring up an emotional feeling that makes us feel like we're really doing something. Because, yes, there is a pressure in us and on us there's a frustration in us that we're tired of. The, the enemy has been pressing us down and we're frustrated with that and we're angry with that and we're tired of it. But our problem is we don't know how to, what to do with it and we don't know how to deal with it. So we got to try to deal with it on a carnal, with a carnal way. Boy, if I had a gun, I would shoot you, devil. If I had a sword, I would cut you. If I had a bat, I would hit you. I've heard, we've said those things. I've heard people say those things. And some of y'all, the reason I can tell some of y'all have said those things is because you all of a sudden not moving. You're not nodding, you're not amen, because you don't want anybody to know you've said those very same things. You don't want anybody to know that the, that, that preacher's right with you today, tracking with you, because I've done the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They're not weapons of flesh and blood. But the, the Bible says that they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations or attitudes, if you please, casting down imaginations or attitudes and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, which is the word of God and bringing into captivity every thought or every attitude to the obedience of Christ. How do we do that? We do that through the power of God. Our weapons are mighty through the power of God to the pulling down of strongholds and casting down imaginations. And that's exactly what we did around here last night. We pulled down some strongholds last night. We pulled down some strongholds. We cast down some imaginations. We brought some attitudes under subjection last night in the Holy Ghost. We started that off Friday and it moved into last night. That's what, that's what I'm just trying to explain to those that were here what happened last night in the spirit and what you saw in in the spirit and I'm trying to explain to those who missed it that you missed it and you missed something that was really tremendous and awesome last night let's go back to our text in Romans 8 in Romans 8 in verse 5 and I'm going to read it from the NIV because it helps to, it help it brings it breaks it down a little bit easier for us to understand Romans 8 5 NIV those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. 
But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. Now, you understand, right? I'm going to explain a little bit to it. I'm going to help us here, all right? Say the preacher's going to help us. You understand that everything written, everything written from, from Romans on, everything written from Romans on, Acts is about the church and the activities of the church, but everything from Romans to Revelation is written to the church. It's written to Christians. It's not written to the world. It's not written for the world. There is no plan of salvation for the world in from Romans all the way through. There is no plan of salvation there. There is no the, the, the directions that are given there is for the church. It's written to Christian people, to church people, to us. That's what the Bible is, right? You understand the plan of salvation. If you want the plan of salvation, you got to go to the book of Acts. That's where you're going to find the plan of salvation. You're going to find how to grow in your salvation, mature in your salvation, develop in your salvation, and in your walk with God, Romans, all the way through. So here we are in Romans. So he is not talking to worldly people. He's talking to Christian people. He's talking to saved people that have already been through Acts here. And he's, when he says, those that live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires, but those who live in accordance with the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, have their minds set on what the spirit desires does anybody want what the spirit desires today does anybody want what the spirit desires today listen to verse 6 the mind the mind everybody say the attitude because that's where the attitude is it's the mind it's your thinking it's your mindset the mind Governed by the flesh, verse 6, is death, but the mind governed by the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, is life and peace. Verse 7, the mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. The mind, oh, let me just read on a little bit more here. Verse 8, those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. I don't think I need to preach or comment anymore. I just need to read the word right here. Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. If I am walking in my flesh, thinking in my flesh, if I am feeding my flesh constantly, I cannot please God. Can't do it. Let me me read on verse 9. From the NIV, you, however, you, however, listen to it. You, however, you, however, somebody say that you is me. This is me right here. You, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but you are in the realm of the Spirit. If indeed the Spirit of God lives in you, and if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. What he's saying is, look, you have been born again of the water and of the Spirit. The Spirit of God lives in you. You have no right living according to your flesh any longer you have no right following the dictates and the wants and the desires of your flesh any longer and you can go to Galatians 5 the works of the flesh and find the wants and the desires and the dictates of the flesh 
You have no right, he's saying, to, to act. We've dealt with this the last two nights. You have no right to be acting childish and carnal and self-centered like you are some kind of spoiled little brat because that's not who you are. You don't walk in the realm of the flesh. You are walking in the realm of the Spirit because the Spirit of God lives in you. And if the Spirit of God lives in you, you're going to start acting like the Spirit, thinking like the Spirit, conducting yourself listen to me now conducting yourself according to the spirit you want to know how the spirit conducts itself you go to 1 Corinthians 12 you find the gifts of the spirit you go to Galatians 5 you find the fruit of the spirit that is the character of the spirit and that is the power of the spirit that describes who you and I are the works of the flesh Describes who we were. That is not our nature any longer. That is not our nature any longer. I don't have to be bitter anymore. That's not my nature anymore. I got peace now. I got love now. I got joy now. I got happiness now. I got contentment now. I got patience now. I'm walking in the Spirit. I'm living in the Spirit. My mindset is that of the Spirit. Mm. Listen to Philip's translation. Is this all right? Say amen. Somebody say, guard your mind. Look at your neighbor and say, guard your mind. Guard your mind. Guard your mind. I could, I could title this apostolic attitude is everything. We've got to understand our position. This is about positioning this again this morning. What we're teaching, preaching this morning is about positioning again. If you ever, if you and I ever understand our position in Christ, in the kingdom of God, it will change everything. Because if we keep seeing ourselves like we're some outside little stepchild that, that, that the father don't really love, he's just tolerating us. Stop that. Whew. I've, I've, I've heard preachers say, look, look, look. Well, never mind. Let's go. Philippians chapter 5. I'm, I'm, reading from, I'm reading from the Phillips translation. The Phillips translation. Listen, God does love you. God does love you. And he does want you. And he does need you. And that's his choosing. He chose that. He didn't choose to love you because you was perfect. And you were never going to make any mistakes. And you were never going to be an idiot. He didn't. I'm just being plain here. He didn't. He didn't choose to love you because he he knew you were just going to be a, a, a holy little perfect little angel all of your life. He knew. He knew you were going to make mistakes. He knew the fall of man when Adam fell. But he loved you anyway. He loved you anyway. You came to him. You failed. You know what happened? Grace picked you back up. The church picked you back up. Loved you. Loved life back into you anyway. Because that's God. That's the way God operates. And, and listen to me. When somebody else amongst us falls and stumbles and fails, I'm not giving you a license to sin. But when somebody does fall and fail into sin, we need to get off our pedestal of self-righteousness and self-holiness and realize we were there one time before. And the church picked us back up. God picked us back up. God brought us back to life. We need to be that way to other people. Uh, see, see, we forget because, because it depends on how great your sin is or how small it is or how big it is. Yeah, it does. 
according to us, according to people, not according to God. But see, we, we categorize those sins. <laughs> Woo, we categorize those sins. You fall into adultery, you just might as well give it up. You did, man. Don't cut your head off. You ain't ever going to be. I, forget about, forget David. Forget all those guys in the scripture that we preach about all the time. You know, and it, God, being after man after God's own heart and all those things. You let, you let a man, this is no excuse, God. You, you, are y'all tracking with me? Understand what I'm saying. You let a man fall into adultery, and we, 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 we might, we just might, might one day let him crawl back on the property if he will, especially if he is a preacher. If he's a preacher, he's done. In the eyes of man, he is finished. He is over. He, will, he, will, he won't preach again unless he's going to go out and preach to the raccoons getting stuff out of the dumpster. We will cut him off. Or a lady, that, that, that way, it depends on what the sin is. You let a young person fall into sin. You let a young person fall into an illicit relationship, and we will hang them out to dry. But what about that bitterness you got in your heart? What about that? Un- we can't see that. We can't see that bitterness. We can't see that unforgiveness. We can't see that judgmental attitude. We can't see them websites you're visiting. We can't see them TV shows you're watching that's damning and cursing and mocking God. We got those sins hid away. But we eat, we, we, we quick to judge people that we, their sins are obvious and their mistakes are obvious. Ooh, y'all tracking with me now? That's the mind of the flesh. That's the, that's the carnal mind of the flesh. We're not supposed to be operating like that. You want to operate in the mind of the Spirit? Grace is always looking to restore. Grace is always looking to build up. Grace is always looking to edify. Grace is always looking to pull somebody out of the mire. There is enough judgment in this world. There is enough hell in this world. There is enough misery in this world. The last thing people need to do is come off the streets into the church and find more judgment and more condemnation. They need to find grace in here and help in here and mercy in here and acceptance in here. Paul said, man, when Paul went through all the gifts of the Spirit, 1 Corinthians 12, I'll get back, I'll get to Philip's translation in a minute. When he went through the gifts of the Spirit, he talked about all these gifts of the Spirit in, in, in 1 Corinthians 12. When he, when he got right down there, right before, right before 1 Corinthians 13, he talked about love there. He said, desire spiritual gifts. But if you're going to desire to do anything, seek that you may edify. Pray that you may edify. Desire that you may edify the body of Christ. What was he saying? Above all these gifts, we need to build each other. Up. We need to encourage each other. We need to pump each other up. Hey, I know that old school mentality and that old thinking uh, when somebody is not here uh, and we're sitting over in our pew uh, and we're waiting for them to sing our song uh, before we move. Uh, we're waiting for them to do our thing before we move and we look over and, and, and Sister Joe Blow and Brother Smith's gone. They're not over there. Yeah, I bet they're fussing and cussing and fighting with each other right now. Bless God. If I had to live with that old hag, I wouldn't be at church this morning either. <laughs> Where did that come from? Hey, better not nobody walk out on me now. We'll know I'm talking about you. If I had to live with, have you walked by? No wonder they're not in church. His wife's probably ashamed to come to church with him because have you walked by and smelt that big, fat, hairy duty stink like he didn't take a bath? Instead, we ought to be looking over and say, I'm gonna, we need to call him, baby, after church. We need to text him or something, find out if everything's okay. 
Are they all right? Did they have a bad weekend? Did something go wrong? They hadn't been here in two Sundays. We're going to go by. Let's go by. Let's make some cookies. Let's send them a card. Let's do something. Where does his wife work at? Where does she work at, baby? Let's send them some flowers to her job or something. Let's just encourage them. Let's encourage them. What, who knows what they're going through? We, we don't have time to judge one another. This is one church. This is one body. You are here together. If you hurt your neighbor, you hurt yourself because we one body. Look, 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 look. If I put a hand, if I put my hand right here and I take my other hand and, and I hit it with this microphone. Yeah, I'm going to bruise this hand, but it's going to hurt my whole body. It's going to affect everything I do. You are the hand. Some of you the hand. Some of you the feet. Some of you the arm. Some of you the leg. If one of you is hurt, it hurts the whole body. If one of you is injured, it injures the whole body. If you're hurting your neighbor, you're hurting your own body. You're one church. You ought to be pampering your body. You ought to be loving your body. Woo, am I all right, pastor? Am I Okay. I would say, come up here and pull my coattail, but you couldn't catch me. I'd run from you. <laughs> Got to build yourself up. Get out of that, that fleshly, childish mentality. It's always about me. It's always about my. Put me before them. Put me. How come you keep calling their name and recognizing them and you don't recognize me? Ooh. Somebody say childish. Immature. Say time to grow up. It's time to mature. Time for some spiritual adulthood here. I pastored for 13 years. I've been evangelizing full-time for six. I pastored for 13 years in Texas. We, pastored, we had three churches in three different locations. So Sunday, we'd, we'd go to all three in these three different locations in Texas. We finally ended up joining two of them because they were pretty close together. So then we had two locations. So we'd have service at one on Sunday morning. Then we'd drive, we'd drive uh, uh, 65 miles to the other one on the other side of Abilene. And we'd have church at two there. So we had, so we did this. We did this for the all these years. We had great church. But I had a lady one time. She was very loyal, very faithful, very dependable. Prayer warrior, fasting, would, would, would followed my direction to the T. And and so one service, she came up to me, and I had, she had a little disturbed look on her face, and I couldn't understand what the disturbed look was. So she told me, she said, she said, Pastor, how come you're always uh, calling this one family's name, and you're always you're pouring all this attention on them, and you're always pouring this attention on this one and that one. But I, but I'm kind of over here, and I feel like I'm just by myself. And you don't ever, you're not ever looking over here my way. And I said, well, sister, I'm gonna tell you. I, I, I said I feel that, and I understand what you're saying. But I'm gonna ex- let me explain something to you. It's because I know what they're going through. I know where they're at right now. And I know their marriage is on the rocks right now. And I know their children are acting up. And there's just some some terrible storms going on over there. And you're you're walking on cloud nine right now. They they're desperate for my attention, and you don't need it right now. And she just broke down and started weeping in a good way because she understood that. She said, yes, I, I, I see that now. I understand that. So, now, so then she turned her attention towards that family. I didn't go into specifics about what they were going through, but she turned their atten- her attention toward it and just started building them up, just started encouraging them because pastor knows things you don't know. Pastor sees things you don't see. Pastor understands things you don't see. The watchman on the wall sees the wolf coming before you ever see the wolf coming. He deals with issues that you don't deal with but when I got a me 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 and a selfish attitude why ain't he paying how come he ain't take me out to dinner when he took them out to dinner twice see how see how childish we can be and petty we can be sometimes Woo-wee. I better get to 
well, let me look, listen. Phillips Phillips translation breaks it down beautifully. I should have just I should have saved me a lot of time if I'd have just read this right here from the Phillips translation. Verse five: the carnal attitude. Somebody say attitude. The carnal. Listen, listen. The carnal attitude sees no further than natural things. Oh, I was hoping somebody would say, "Wow." The carnal attitude sees no further than natural things. That's all you can see. Your faith is affected by natural things. What you see, your, your faith is up if everything, if, you, if everything you're seeing is up or your faith is down if everything you're seeing is down. I'm going to go a little step further. The carnal attitude is affected by, by what it hears in the natural ear only. If you're only hearing with a natural ear, you're, you're, you're up, you're on a roller coaster. That's the carnal attitude. Your effect, you can see no further. Why can't we see revival? Because we can see no further than our natural eyes. We don't see what the Spirit sees. Listen, but the spiritual attitude reaches after the things of the Spirit. The spiritual attitude reaches after the things of the Spirit. The spiritual attitude is hungry for the things of the Spirit. The spiritual attitude can grab a hold of what the man of God is preaching and teaching and see that vision and grab that vision and run with that vision while the carnal attitude says, wait a minute, we can't do that. We don't have the money to do that. We don't have the support to do that. We don't have the faithfulness to do that. We don't have the commitment to do that. Why is he going to step out? Why are we going to start this program or that program? That is the carnal attitude. But the spiritual attitude says, come on, pastor. Whatever, we, whatever God told you, let's do it. Whatever God showed you, let's do it. I don't know how God's going to supply it, but God's going to supply it. I don't know how the need's going to be met, but if God gave it to you, pastor, preach it to us, and God is going to meet the need. Guard your mind. Guard your mind against those carnal attitudes that wants to cap off. There's that, there's that cap off again. What God wants to do for this church. I know, I know there are attitudes and mentality. You ain't fooling me. I know there's attitudes and mentalities amongst us here today that's been amongst us the last couple of days. You have capped it off. You want it to go no further. You desire it to go no further. at least without your permission or until you're in the mood for it to go further. You want it to go no further because you're not in charge. You want the youth to go no further because you're not in charge. You want the Sunday school to go no further because you're not in charge. And you're afraid of somebody else coming in to help you that's got a burden and a vision and a desire to launch into revival. So you're capping it off and you're setting on the dream and you're setting on the vision and you're setting on the growth because your carnal attitude can only see you. I'm not preaching to anybody. Whew. Oh my God. But see, the, I'm just going to use it for an example. I'm just going to use it for an example. But see, here, if I'm the youth director, let me, can I, I'm, just used to, I'm just shooting out and way out and left, just an example. I'm just shooting way out there, and this is the man of God. This is the man of the house. This is the angel of the house. Everything he says goes. He is the, he is the authority over this house. You are, this is, I'll get back on what I was just saying in a minute. You are not the pastor. You are, let me go over here so y'all won't look at him. You are not the pastor. You are, there's one pastor. There's one pastor here. There's one pastor here. There is the five-fold ministry. There is the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist. The pastor, the ten. There's one pastor here. There's one pastoral voice here. There's one vision here, and it comes from that pulpit, and it comes from the pastor. You listen. You sitting by somebody that's trying to pastor this church. You need to tell them to be quiet. 
because they got their own plan, their own agenda, and it is to destroy this church. You got somebody that can always do it better than the man of God. You need to tell them to be quiet. You need to tell them to go to the altar and pray through. Their spirit is wrong. If God thought you could do it better than the man of God he's put in charge here, he would have put you in charge. I'm doing it with a smile. Woo! Somebody say, woo! Woo! So here, what, here's, oh, don't you get me started, boy. You better watch out. I'm, this is Sunday morning. We ain't supposed to go crazy on Sunday morning. Don't, don't do that, brother. You'll get the fire going, boy. You won't be, we won't be able to handle it in here. I might run three batteries out. See, the, 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 the carnal mind, the carnal mind, and yes, yes, I pastored long enough. I know I've been in enough churches. I know I've been preaching and ministering long enough. I see the Spirit. I can track with the Spirit. i got discerning of spirits. I can discern these things. I can see these things. I know. I know that people, there can be Sunday school teachers who are carnally minded, and all they want is their agenda. It's their way or it's no way. Youth directors can be the same way. Choir directors, choir leaders, assistant pastors. I know it, it's either my way or it's no way. And if you're going to help me, you're going to see it my way or it's no way. But see, this is, this is vision-minded. This is spiritual minded if I am the youth director and I am I'm leading the youth I, I'm gonna I'm gonna look I'm gonna find me somebody uh, that can help me that can get somebody that's got some fire and some vision uh, and some burden to link up with me uh, and say hey how can we do this better hey two two are better than one two are stronger than one so how can we make our youth better how can we grow our youth department and the spiritually minded, the spiritually, wait a minute, don't leave me now, don't leave me now. The spiritually minded, when he comes across with an idea, when he prays about it, and God shows him something, I'm the leader, see, but God shows him something. I brought him involved to help me, and God shows him something. God didn't show that to me. I don't think he's good to help me, Pastor. I think you need to set him back down. That's the carnal mind. The spiritually minded says, hey, it don't have to be my idea. If he prayed about it, I brought him on board. If it's his idea, let's go with it. Let's set this thing up. Let's put it in order. Let's make it happen. Because my vision is bigger than I am. My vision is bigger than I am. My vision goes beyond just me. My vision goes beyond just me. My vision is for all them kids, for all them young people. And if you can help me grow them, we're going to grow them. Oh, are y'all tracking with me right now? That's why the first one, there's the five-fold ministry. That's why, that's the, here, here is, thank you, brother. Here is apostolic attitude. Here is apostolic order. You know why so many of our churches struggle? You know why so many of our churches struggle why they, when they're so small and they stay small? Because they got one office of the five-fold ministry in operation, and that's the pastor. And the pastor does all the preaching, all the teaching, all the ministry. And the five-fold ministry is not there. It's not in operation. I'm not saying the five-fold ministry is going to be totally embodied in one location. But because most of the five-fold ministry are travelers. There's one station. Two. Two are primarily stationary in the five-fold ministry. That is the pastor and the teacher. The apostle, the prophet, and the evangelist are, are primarily, even in Scripture, travelers. They go from place to place to place to place to place. The apostle goes, gets a church started, or helps a church get started, helps a church get established, get a pastor there, and then he moves on. A prophet goes and ministers to the church, helps that church grow, speaks into the life of that church. 
builds that church up, edifies that church, helps that pastor, speaks into the lives of the people. The teacher breaks down the Word of God, expounds upon the Word of God, brings the depth, depth out of the Word of God that an evangelist doesn't. Evangelist goes in, hollers, yells, screams, brings in a harvest, brings in souls. But the Bible teaches us that if all that the, the, the five-fold ministry is given for the perfecting of the saints so that the saints can move into the work of the ministry because the saints have a ministry to do. And I know this pastor is not because of, of, of the men that he brings in here to preach and lead. I know he has the same vision that I have, that there are pastors that are so, they're, they're, they are so selfish-minded. They won't bring in anybody else. It has to be their idea or it's not a good idea. And they think that all of those five-fold ministry it resides in them, and they're the only voice that needs to be heard in their church. And that's why they got 10, 15, maybe five, and it's all, most of them is their family. Because God's got order. And if we are so carnally minded in our attitude, the carnal attitude sees no further than our nat- than natural things. If our carnal mind can't see those spiritual things, we're not going nowhere. We're not growing anywhere. That's why we're frustrated, we're angry, we're disgusted. Let me read on. Y'all still with me? Say Amen. But the spiritual attitude reaches out after the things of the spirit. The former attitude, the carnal attitude, means bluntly death. The latter means life and inward peace. I'm reading from the Phillips translation. And this is only to be expected. Listen, for the carnal attitude is inevitably opposed to the purpose of God. That's what I just said. The carnal attitude is inevitably opposed to the purpose of God and neither can nor will follow His laws for living. Men who hold this attitude cannot possibly please God. Men who hold that carnal attitude cannot possibly please God. They are, they are selfish. They are self-centered. They are self-focused. It's always about them. If they don't get their way, they're just going to set on it and set on the man of God and it's gonna, you're going to invite spirits into this church you're going to invite spirits uh, to dominate this area and it's not the Holy Spirit you are in charge uh, and when you get a carnal attitude and a carnal mindset and a carnal spirit you are inviting spirits that entertain that you got to get in position as we already talked about the last couple of nights you got to get in position and what we did last night those of you that are hungry those of you that are spiritual those of you that 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 are that have your mind set on the spirit what does that mean mindset your mind is set is any have any of you guys in here? Are you are you married? Have you have you ever been your wife? Have you, are you married to a woman that once she gets her mind set, it's just set? There's one. Here's two. <laughs> Some of y'all so dead gum scared to raise your hand. Y'all a bunch of hen pecked chicken livers. And listen, 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 it don't matter how wrong she is, and it don't matter how wrong you prove her. If her mind is set, it is set. And she ain't going to ask for directions if she knows she's lost. Now, we're not that way. If we realize that we're wrong, our mind is not set as men. We will change it. We will ask for directions if we need to. <laughs> Ha, ha, ha. 
I think I messed that up or something. I don't know what happened right there. I got. I, <laughs> I got over there on Jarrah's side and something just weird started happening to me. I better get back over here where it's holy and righteous. I know, sister, I'm just trying to give us men a break or something. You get your mind set. Your, my mind is set. You ain't going to change my mind. My mind is set. My mind is made up. If, you're, if your mind is made up towards fleshly things, you cannot please God. But if our mind is made up of spiritual things and we're thinking like the Spirit and walking in the Spirit and operating in the Spirit, then we will see spiritual things. Understand spiritual things. What are we talking about? Guarding our minds, protecting our minds. We must guard our minds. We must protect our minds. I'm going I'm to wind it up here pretty quick. We've got to guard our minds, protect our minds. We've got to guard our attitudes, protect our attitudes. We've got to keep our mind on spiritual things, make up our mind on spiritual things, get our mind set on spiritual things. That's what God wants us to do. But God does not leave, uh, leave that up to us alone. He don't just throw us out there and say, all right, you're on your own. Do the best you can, buddy. No, he does not do that. Let me move on here. Isaiah 26 and verse 3. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusts in thee. Trust in the Lord Jehovah forever for in the Lord Jehovah's everlasting strength. Listen to the Amplified. God will keep in perfect and constant peace the one whose mind is steadfast that is committed and focused on him. Verse 4, trust confidently in the Lord forever. He is your fortress. He is your shield. And He is your banner. For the Lord God is an everlasting rock. He is the rock of ages. God said, God said you got to guard your mind and you got to protect your mind. I'm not going to leave that up to you, to you, just you. If you'll put your mind on me, I'm going to give you peace. If you'll keep your mind on me, I'm going to give you my peace. I'm going to be your fortress. I'm going to be your shield. I'm going to be your banner and I'm going to help you protect. I'm going to give you peace to help you protect your mind. I'm going to give you peace to help you guard your mind. The peace, the Bible says, that passes what? Passes what? Passes what? All understanding. How, what does that mean? Why does it pass all understanding? Because you can be right in the middle of a storm and just be back there laying down on your pillow sleeping. Well, I thought that was Jesus that did that breaker. Yeah, but where is he at now? Oh, see, we miss so much. We miss so much. We miss so much. We'll come right back here and do a little Bible study. We miss so much in the Scripture. See, we read that story, and, and we, want, we want to read it, and we want to, we want to read it and preach it like this. Oh, the Lord, you know, he's not going to let you perish in your storm. He knows you're going through a storm, and the peace speaker's on that ship. And if you're, just, you're, my, you're going right through a storm, but if you'll call on the peace speaker, He's, he's there. He's in your boat with you. He's going to come up there and he's going to calm that storm. And that's all fine and good. And he did that. But read the rest of the story. He rebuked them for their lack of faith. 
What was he teaching them? He said, boys, I already taught you. You got the same kind of faith I got. And I, you could have done this. You didn't have to wake me up. That's what he was teaching them. You didn't have to wake me up. You could have went to the bow of this ship and you could have calmed this storm yourself with your faith. Are y'all tracking with me right now? So that's what that peace is that passes all understanding. You can be right in the middle of a storm and peace should just be dominating your mind. You ain't worried a slap little bit. You're sleeping right in the middle of a storm and in a crisis because your mind is on the Lord and your mind is on the promises of God. You've already been in the Word of God. You've already been in the... Now listen, listen, I'm going to hurt you now. I'm going to hurt us now. But that peace that passes all understanding is going to completely pass out of your brain if you're right in the middle of a storm, but you're sitting on your couch watching TV the days of our life or the walking dead or whatever you're watching and consuming while you're in the middle of this storm. Are you watching the game, the basketball, the football, the whatever, while you're in the middle of that storm? You don't need to be watching that junk when you're in the middle of the storm. You need to be in the book. You need to be in the Word. If your family's going through hell right now, Turn off your TV, pick up your Bible, and. Because you ain't gonna find no peace in Oprah or Dr. Phil. You ain't gonna find no peace. Sitting on the couch, eating your Twinkies and your Doritos, drinking your Diet Coke with your TV on. God, please help me, Jesus. I ain't going back. I ain't going to church Sunday. Because of what we're going through, I ain't going to do it. And you wonder why. Why ain't God moving? Why ain't God spoke to me? Why didn't God talk to me? He did. God's talking right now. He's talking to you. That, see that Bible sitting over on your desk? God's trying to talk to you. Go open it. Or your iPad or your iPhone or whatever it is. Woo-wee. This is good. Man, listen to Philippians 4, I'm, and we'll close here shortly. Listen to Philippians 4 from the Amplified. I don't have time to read it from King James and the Amplified. The Amplified is fantastic, and, it, and it's right on line. It amplifies it. It brings out some things that we need to understand. I really freaked somebody out the other day. They said, what language did Jesus speak? I said, he spoke King James. They said, what? I said, he spoke King James English. It's right there in the Bible. I'm you. <laughs> they was like, what? Jesus didn't speak King James English. He didn't speak King James English. Anyway, I didn't mean to hurt you, King James. <laughs> I didn't mean to eat your hurt y'all's King James feelings. Here, here it is, Philippians 4, 8, uh, 4, 6, Amplified. Do not... This is going to be tight. This is going to be tight. Are you all ready? Do not be. Thank you. I like that's me. Do not be anxious or worried about anything. Now, if it was impossible. To be that way, if it was impossible not to be anxious or worried about anything, God would not have told us in his word. He would not if he didn't if we couldn't do it, he wouldn't have told us to do it. Am, am I telling the truth? So do not, be, do not be anxious or worried about anything, but sit there on your TV with your remote watching, whining, complaining, bellyaching, and griping. No, 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 no. Because, because see, that do not worry. It don't work if you don't continue. 
Somebody say it don't work if you don't continue. So let's continue. Do not be anxious about anything or, wor- or worried about anything. But, but, somebody say but. In everything, in every circumstance, in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, continue to make your requests, your specific requests known to God. Verse 7, and... This is the spiritual-minded people. This is the people whose mind is set on the Spirit. You don't, do you have the Amplified up there? Okay. Y'all need to pray through, brother. Get it. You've got a Mac up there. Get it done. I'm just praying. Don't be mad. This is the spiritual-minded people. Here's this worry. Here's this stress. Here's this trial. And I told you the other night, I, think, I, I believe that our faith is tested to a degree every single day. Sometimes it's a small degree. Sometimes it's barely anything, but sometimes it's a great degree. Whatever this worry is, this stress, this whatever this situation is, uh, you see it, you recognize it, you know it for what it is. uh, And so, therefore, instead of worrying about it and stressing over it, you immediately take it to prayer with thanksgiving. You make the petition known to God. You make that specific request, what you need, what you're dealing with, known to God with thanksgiving, with praise, and what follows that, verse 7, the peace of God, the peace which which uh, excuse me the peace which uh, reassures the heart that peace which transcends all understanding that peace which stands guard over your hearts and over your minds in Christ Jesus is yours so God is saying if you will set your mind on spiritual things if you will set your attitude on spiritual things then when the storm comes, I'm going to guard your mind. <laughs> Lord, that's good all by itself. Where's Sydney go? I need somebody to help me. I think Jarrett's writing something or checking the score. She's doing something. I hope she's taking good notes. Come here, Sydney. You, you come and help me. I need somebody to help me preach. I'm tired of doing this by myself. But I love Sydney. I've got several favorite Sydneys, but this is one of my favorite, favorite Sydneys. This is my favorite, favorite Sydney. I love Sydney. Amen. How, if I squeeze you too tight, it's just, I'm sorry. Here, let's do this. Let's do this. You just walk with me. God said if you set your mind on spiritual things, if you mind spiritual things, then when the enemy comes against you, when the storm comes against you, when the enemy's trying to come against you, God said, then I will guard your mind. My peace will protect your mind. My peace will cover your mind. You can't understand it. You don't know how it's going to work out. You don't know the answer. You can't figure it out. But that's all right. You just put your mind on me and my word and my word will guard you and protect you and shield you are you tracking with me right now now see oh let's just let's just naturalize this a little bit are you a daddy's girl i know you are because i saw it over there a while ago before church she just all snuggled up over there under daddy's big old arm just getting a hug from her big old hunk of the daddy over there because she is a daddy's girl can i tell you something you're a daddy's girl you're a daddy's son and just like this man if this man saw an enemy an intruder an invader a snake a scorpion a spider a bug anything coming after his baby he would get right in the front he went right here baby get right behind me ain't nothing gonna touch you ain't nobody gonna touch you ain't no evil gonna get to you that's your god right wait 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 do you know why do you know why because she gets right up there and snuggles right on up with daddy she gets right up there and she knows daddy's soft spot i got a girl at home too i know i know i know so when she does that daddy kind of goes 
That's my girl right there. That's my baby right there, boy. Come on, you young bucks. Try to come around here messing with my girl. And when they, ain't no, then when, you know, they leave, ain't nobody looking at you like, <laughs> You know why? Because she has gotten up in there, snuggled up with daddy. She's daddy's girl. I love you, daddy. I, you're my daddy. You're my hero. You're my best friend, daddy. Daddy's like, I'll whoop anybody. I'll whoop anything. Can I tell you something? That's all he's wanting from you. If you'll snuggle up there, I love you, father. I, you're my life, father. You're my world, father. I can't live without you, father. I can't do anything without you, Lord Jesus. I, he's saying, I got you. I got you. I got you. I'll go to a cross if I got to go to a cross, but I got you. I'll give you my name. I'll give you my blood. I'll give, but I got you. I got you. If you'll put your mind on spiritual things, I'll cover your mind. I'll protect you. I'll shield you. I'll guard you. I'll watch over you. Come on, give the Lord a clap. Give the Lord a shout. Isn't it awesome? God wants you to guard your mind, but he didn't just leave it to you by yourself to guard your mind. That's exactly why I'm almost done. That's exactly why I said last night that we ain't got no business being shallow and immature and wine bags. We ain't got no business acting childish, selfish, self-centered. We're filled with the Holy Ghost, man. We're filled with the Spirit of God. Finally, verse 8, here we go. Finally, let's close it down. Finally. Finally, believers. Philippians 4, verse 8, amplified. Finally, believers. Whatever's true, whatever's honorable and worthy of respect. Listen to this. Amplified brings this out. Whatever is right and confirmed by God's Word. What is he saying right there? You got to get back to the word of God. Get back to the word. Get on the word. Get in the word. You got to go back to the word of God. Some of you that have been struggling with issues, you need to go back to what God has spoken to you before. Some dreams God has given you before. Some prophecy spoken over you before. Some direction God's given you before. Some words that God has given you before. You need to go back and revisit them. They have not died. You just let them die. You've let them get covered up. You've let the enemy cover them over. You need to go back and uncover them and dust them off again. And wash them off again. And get back to the word. And get back to the promises of God. You need to rehearse the scriptures back in your mind again. You got to go back. You got to go back and whatever is right and confirmed by the word. You got to go back and say amen to that. Go back to the word. Look at your name and say get back to the word. Get back to the word. Get back to the Word. You want to be healed? Get back to the Word. You want, to, you want your emotions healed? Get back to the Word. You want to overcome that anger? Get back to the Word. You want that bitterness out of your spirit? Get back to the Word. You want to overcome that judgmental attitude? Get back to the Word. You're struggling. You're struggling. You're wondering why is this happening? Why is that happening? Why can't we make it through? Why aren't we going forward? Why this? Why that? You need to go back and revisit the word. Go back and revisit the promises that God spoke over you. I 
I spoke over this church several things the first time I ever came here. They weren't a lie, and they weren't fake, and they weren't false. It was a true word of God. And some of them have come to, the, come to pass, and you've advanced in some of those areas. Uh, but some of you need to go back and revisit. You need to go back and remember again what God has spoke to you. And you will see those things begin to come to pass in your life. You've got to go back to the Word of God. You've got to get your mind set on the Word of God. You've got to get your focus on the Word of God and on the promises of God. Because that's where the truth is. You tracking with me? Say amen. That's where the truth is. That's where the truth is. The kingdom of God. Let me see. Whatever is pure, wholesome, lovely, brings peace, admirable, of good repute, Anything that's excellent, if there's anything worthy of praise, think, amplified, think continually on these things. Center your mind on them and implant them in your heart. The kingdom of God operates by the word of God. The kingdom of God operates by the word of God. The laws the rules, the laws that govern the kingdom of God, which we are now a part of, is the word of God. The laws and the rules that govern the kingdom of God, of which we are now a part of, is the word of God. If we want to know the will of God, the only way we can know the will of God is to get in the word of God. Because the will of God is the word of God. The word of God is the will of God. Well, I don't know the will of God about this situation in my life. How much time have you been spending in the Word of God? How much time have you been researching in that one particular area in the Word of God? Get back to the Word of God. Get back to the Word of God. Not our feelings, not our likes, not our dislikes, not what I think or what I don't think. Get back to the rule book, the guide, the map. The map is the Word of God. It'll tell you everything you need for your life. It's your weapon when you're at war. It will tell you everything that you need for your life. Get back to the Word of God. Again, our text, and I'm going to close with this, Romans 8 and 6 from the New American Standard Bible. The mindset on the flesh is death, but the mindset on the Spirit is life and peace. You are the one that chooses. You. You choose today. You choose life and peace or you choose death. You choose death or you choose life and peace. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? Which one do you want today? Do you want death or do you want life and peace? It's a choice. How do I make that choice, preacher? What's your attitude set on? What's your mind set on? Why is so much death reigning in my life? Why is my marriage struggling, my finances struggling, my kids struggling? Why is my job struggling? Why, why are we struggling? Why can't I find peace in my house? What's your mind set on? What have you been focusing on? What have you been feeding your spirit? If your family been getting together at night for family devotions and y'all been reading scripture, just start in Psalms 1. Just start reading. Start in Proverbs and just start reading. Get the, if you can't understand the King James, get the English Standard Version. It's very simple. Very re- Get the New American Standard Version. Very simple, very b- basic English, but it follows very closely to the original translation. Get one of those easy to read. Am I, am I stepping out of order? Get one of those easy to read and just start reading it. Just start reading it. Get your family together. Pray. You don't have to pray an hour. You don't have to pray 45. Pray five minutes. Read two scriptures. Just start. 
because we want to know why, why, why is my daughter struggling? Why is my daughter struggling? Why is she, why is she miserable? Because she spends, when, when she's not in school, she spends all of her time in her room, locked up with her phone or her computer or whatever on Facebook, online, listening to who knows what, watching who knows what, whatever her friends are following or whoever's following her while mama's over here and daddy's over here and we're all doing our own thing and we're wondering why there's no peace in our home because we're not together. We need to come together. We need to come together around what? Around the word of God. Let's come together around the word of God. Let's come and read these scriptures together. Let's let the last thing we do tonight is read the word. I got a 14-year-old at home. I still got a 14-year-old at home. Destiny's at home. And, you know, she's, she's beautiful. She's popular. She's gifted. She's talented. She's tremendously. She takes after her dad a lot. She's beautiful, gifted, talented. I got to say that when my wife's not around because that's my wife's around. Everybody knows I'm lying. So at least y'all might think I'm telling the truth. But at 10 o'clock, probably when I'm, when I'm at home, we try to do it. It normally works about 9.30, 9.45. We'll come together. We'll have family devotion. And the phone stays in my bedroom. When my boys were at home and they had a phone, 10 o'clock, their phone stayed in my bedroom. Their phone was charged. Where's it going to be charging? We charge in my bedroom. iPad goes off. You're not going. Ain't no TV in their room. Neither. She's 14 years old. Ain't no TV in there neither. Go and watch TV. It's in the living room. Listen, I got face. I, I got I got social media, Facebook. It's a good thing. There's a good. There's a lot of good on it. I got Instagram. There's a lot of good on. It. I keep up with a lot of good friends that way. Have a lot of connections. I pray for a lot of people that way. I minister to a lot of people that way. It can be a great thing. But listen to me. I got a lot of followers. I got a lot of followers and a lot of friends. And I got a lot of millennials that follow me. I got a lot of I got a young a lot of young people that follow me. I got some 11, 12 year olds that follow me, 13 year olds that follow me when I go preach places. Listen, I can see when they own there at three o'clock in the morning. I can see when they like something on there at two o'clock in the morning. But let me tell you what else I get. Let me tell you what else I get. Whew, I didn't know I was going here. I'm, I'm, I got the hush. I'm talking about the mind of the flesh and the mind of the spirit. Let me tell you what else I get. Let me tell you some friend requests that I get. I get some friend requests from, from very pretty, good-looking young ladies. And I think, who is that? And it's like, well, they got five mutual friends or whatever. So I'll click on those mutual friends that they have. And why is it always guys? Because when you click on that site, here's this half-dressed, naked, almost naked young lady. And then when you kind of search down there a little bit, all of a sudden there's, she's introducing porn, pornographic sites that you can go like and you can go visit. Your little kid's looking at that. Your, your, your child gets those same requests that I do. Your child gets, your son or your daughter gets those same, those same requests that I do. And then you get people that portray, who, that you get, they send you pictures. That, that's not them. That is not who they are. That's not what they're representing, something false to you. So here I am sitting in a dark room. storm raging in my house mama's fighting daddy's fighting black and forth here i am sitting in this dark room and i get this request and here's this good looking babe or this handsome hunk of a dude my, my guard's down now my guard's down my thinking's down my focus is off so what the heck i'm gonna friend them let's check this out you know what kind of hole that's taking me down as a young person you know where that's taking my mind? You know where that's taking my flesh? Do you know what doors are, that's opening up for me? Do you know what kind of lust is going to start raging up, up in me as a young person or as a husband or as a wife? 
Where is our mind? What am I saying? Oh, preacher, this, this is, this is, a, this is the, I almost said the 90s. <laughs> this, is, this is 2017. We don't even got to take your phone away from it and all that stuff, blah, 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 blah. That's, that's, that's the devil right there. That's how the devil talks. That's how the flesh talks. There's a time you need to turn off that carnality, and you need to bring your family around the Word of God. Somebody give me a Bible. You need to bring your family around the Scripture. You need to turn off that technology. You need to turn off all that Facebook and those TVs, and you need to say, come together, children. Let's come together, honey. Let's come together. Let's read this scripture let's read this word uh, and we got to get our minds back on the word of God and you know what will happen peace will come back to your house uh, peace will come back to your marriage uh, peace will come back to your children uh, you're going to find that beautiful little angel that young lady she was a beautiful angel just a couple of years ago but now she acts like a devil get the word of God back in your house start speaking the word turn off the television turn on some praise music uh, turn on some worship in your house uh, let's see what the spirit let's get our mind here's my point let's get our mind on the spirit and Let's see what the Spirit will do for us. Let's get our mind on the promises of God in our house. And let's see what the promises of God will do for us. Oh, Mama, when everybody's gone, when everybody's gone, Mama, why don't you just walk through you? And I, look, you don't have to have this. Look, I, I got this. I got this. I got this. But this is my Bible right here. This is my Bible right here. I got all my studying on here, all my praying. So when I'm praying and doing devotion, I got my Bible right here. Walk through your house, mama. Walk through your house when everybody's gone. Just start reading the scriptures out loud. Let's see what the Spirit will do. Let's see what the Word of God will unleash in our house as I'm reading these promises. Let's see if my husband will come home and walk into a different atmosphere of peace and love so that I can restore my marriage. Stand with me now, please. You choose. You choose death or life and peace. Isn't it awesome? God always goes above and beyond, doesn't he? He always goes a step above the enemy and, and even more. There's no cap. I love that, sister. Thank you. You put your mind on the flesh, it's going to give you death. You set your mind, you have your mind set on carnal things, it's death. But you put your mind on the spirit, it's life. And it's life and it's life and peace. It's life and shalom, shalom. It's life and peace. It's perfect peace. It's abundant life. It's John 10, 10, life in abundance to the full till it overflows. It's perfect peace. I choose peace today. I choose life. I choose peace. Nobody. Nobody, no one has more authority to pray for you and to lay hold on God's promises for you than you do. That is, the most, that is one of the most frustrating things as a preacher. That's one of the most frustrating things. I dealt with it when I was a pastor. I deal with it as a, as a minister, traveling minister. I, it's one of the most frustrating things because I see it in you. I see it on you. I see what God wants to do. God shows me. God tells me. I realize it. But as much in as much faith as I have, I can't override your faith your, your, or your lack of faith or a person's faith or a person's lack of faith. I can't override their doubt. Jesus couldn't even do it. It's biblical. It's scriptural. Nobody has a, a greater right to lay hands on you and to lay hands on the promises of God for you than you do.
Nobody has a greater right to receive those things than you do. You have more authority over you than I do. You have more authority over what's going on in your home than I do. I can pray peace over your home. I can lay hands on you and pray peace over your home. But I can't change the atmosphere in your home. But you as a daddy, if the daddy's there and the daddy is spiritual, you as a daddy can walk in there and that is your, your they are under your umbrella. You have spiritual authority there and spiritual do, dominion there. That is your seed. That is your family. So you have every spirit that's there and dominates there has to have your permission. And your permission doesn't have to be a yes or a no. Your permission can just be you sitting by and doing nothing. I can pray over you today. I can lay hands on you today. And I can, I can proclaim all of these things. But I can't make you receive it. And I can't make you go home and change the atmosphere in your house or in your own mind. Or if the daddy's not there, not in the picture, or he's not spiritual, he's not saved, it's just mama, mama, God has given you that authority. God has given you that control. Now you go in there, you take it, you speak peace. You go speak peace. You go pray through your house. I can lay hands on you, but I can't change the atmosphere. I can't receive it for you like you can because you have more authority over you than I do or than pastor does. And the only thing the Lord is going to do is he has already spoken. He has already given. He's not going to speak anymore. He's already spoken. He's not going to give anymore. It's already been given. It's there. He's done everything he needs to do. He's not going to invade you. He's not going to force his way in. He must be welcomed. He must be welcomed with faith and welcomed with praise. So, so, so the Lord can come. Father can come. He, he can move on you with his presence. He can move on you with his spirit. His word can go forth and speak to you and talk to you and stir you. But you can absolutely leave just like you came with the same storm, the same dilemma, the same whatever, because you don't receive what he's spoken. You don't receive his peace into your life. You don't receive that word. And you don't mix it with faith so that it brings about change. God is not going to force you. He's going to give you the opportunity and the chance and, and, and this, oh, let me tell you something about our father. Because I know this because I've been there, done that experience. All he's waiting on is just that. You, you catch my drift? He's just waiting on me to move just a little bit. He just wants a mustard seed. That's all he wants. He, if I just make a little step, he's running to me. You remember the prodigal? He's running to me. He just wants to see me moving. And that's my obedience. And that's my response. And that's my faith. Here comes the father. Here comes restoration. Here comes healing. Here comes peace. Lift up your hands and close your eyes all over this building today. Oh, my Father God. Guard your mind. Get your mind back on the Word today. Get your mind back on the promises of God today. Get your mind back on what God has already spoken to you, what God has already showed you, what God has already told you. Let's get our mind on spiritual things. Let's get our mind on spiritual things. Let's get our mind on spiritual things. I'm calling this church. I'm calling this church to step out and come to this altar for just a few minutes. If you're here, you're from this church, you're a part of this church, I want you to come and stand around this altar for just a few minutes. We're going to pray together. We're going to pray for one another. We're going to pray together in just a moment. If you're a visitor and you would like to come today, we welcome you to come to this altar as well. We welcome you to join with us, to pray with us, to pray to, to, to join with us as we pray for one another. We want you to come today. Everybody's praying. Nobody's looking around this moment. Everybody's praying and seeking the Lord and calling on the Lord right now. Calling on the Lord right now. Calling on the Lord right now. The Lord is 
absolutely called this church uh, the last few days to step up, to step up to the challenge, uh, to step up to the plate, if you please. Uh, the Lord is absolutely calling this church uh, to, to get back into your position, to realize who you are, to recognize who you are, to recognize what you have in the Spirit, to recognize what God's called you to do, to recognize that, to get in oneness with that, to get in unison with that. God is calling you. Let's pray right now. Lord, we respond to your call. We're responding to your Spirit right now. Somebody needs to say, I'm here, Lord, and I'm ready, and I'm in position, Father. Put me where you want me. Do what you want to do in me and through me. Somebody needs to be praying right now. Father, examine my heart. Examine my mind. Examine my spirit. If there's anything in me not pleasing to you, reveal it to me now. Reveal it to me now, and I will lay it on this altar, Father. Reveal it to me now, and I will repent of it. Somebody needs to be laying down some hurt feelings right now, some bitterness right now, some, some strife right now. Somebody needs to be laying these things down. Laying these things down right now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. You need, oh, listen, listen, that depression can lift from you right now. That heaviness, that spirit of heaviness that's been dogging you, pressing your mind down, pressing your spirit down. That heaviness that's been on you. It can leave this moment, this moment, this very minute. This very minute it can be gone. All you got to do is respond to the word of God. You just got to lift up your hands. You got to lift up your hands in worship. Lift up your faith. Uh, lift up your voice uh, and just receive it from the Lord right now. Just receive it. Receive it from the Lord. That's all you got to do. Get your mind back on the spirit. Get your mind on spiritual things. Uh, get your mind back on the word of God. Come on, praying all over this building. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Let's get our minds back. Let's get our minds back. Let's get our minds back. Pray for your neighbor. Pray for your family right now. I know we're not running. I know we're not jumping. I know we're not shouting, but we're moving into position. We're moving into a strategic position right now. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Oh, my God. If, you're, if your family's here and you're not with your family, go to them right now. Get with them. And I want you to start praying together as a family. I want our families to start praying together right now. Get with your family. Get with your family. We're going to start praying together right now. In the name of Jesus, I want you to release your faith for your family right now. Release your faith for your family. If you see somebody standing alone, reach over and grab them. Reach over and take them by the hand. Don't leave anybody alone. Don't leave anybody alone. Pray for them. Make them part of your family right now. Make them part of your family. Come on, get together, get together, get together. Come on, church, release your faith right now. Open your mouth and pray. 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 Pray, pray for one another. Oh, my God, my God, my God, my God. Come on, sir. Come on, sir. Come on, ma'am. Come on, brother and sister. Let God heal that struggle that's between you right now. Let God heal that strain that's there right now. Come on, let God heal. Let God heal that storm that's there right now. Oh, get your mind back on the Word. Get your mind back on the promises of God. Get your mind back on spiritual things. Get your mind back on spiritual things. Come on, let healing come to our homes right now, Father. Let healing come to our homes right now. Let healing come to our homes right now, Father. Let healing come to our marriages. Let healing come to our relationship. Let healing come to our children right now. Spiritual healing, spiritual wholeness. 
In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Let's see it. Let's see it. Let's just let the spirit flow. That's it. That's it. Come on. Don't hold anything back. Don't hold anything back. We're not judging each other. We're not condemning each other. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're moving in forgiveness. We're moving in forgiveness right now. We're moving in forgiveness right now. We're moving in forgiveness. Come on. Let forgiveness come. Let forgiveness come right now. Let forgiveness come right now. I know they've wounded you. I know they've hurt you. I know they've disappointed you. But let forgiveness come right now. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Let forgiveness come right now. Oh, thank you, Lord. 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 Now break out of your family and go find somebody else, sister to sister, brother to brother. Let's pray with one another. Let's pray for one another. God wants to align this church. God wants to align the members of this 